cue the accordion. I've always wanted to say that. Kick back and get comfy while hosts Heather Wenig and her co-hosts from the Early Childhood Nerd Collective explore ways to cause and effect. Dig that funky accordion. Welcome to Cause and Effect. I'm Heather Burnt, and I'm here with Tiffany Pearsall today, and I almost made it through a countdown without giggling. It sounded like you had a smile in your eyes. I had a smile. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, we are, um, we're we're recording today. We decided that we were going to maybe find some quotes that we didn't 100% agree with um, to try something a, a little different. Because um, those are more fun sometimes, so that's I think what we're that's doing. That's where like critical thinking happens, right? If you're always presented yeah. with validating information, then oh, like- absolutely, yeah. And I so when I recorded, I recorded a couple with Travis, and then listened to them again, and I really said very little, and it was mostly all him talking, and I was giving him a hard time about it, and he said, "Well, you were supposed to stop me and argue with things." <laughs> There wasn't anything I wanted to argue argue. with. So uh, we have to try harder next time to be more confrontational. But (laughs) are you ready for the first quote? Ready for this one? Are you ready? I am. So this is the book uh, from the book Creative Block Play by Roseanne Reagan Hansel. And the quote is, Involving the children in organizing the block area will help them feel invested in keeping it orderly. Mm. End quote. Mm. Mm. I go ahead. Tell me, you have a great little note <laughs> that you sent me with this quote. That is, I think this is BS on many levels. Tell me yeah. some levels. <laughs> Tell you some levels. Well, for one thing, I think what what hooked me immediately about this quote, um, sort of negatively, was it's just got that tone of manipulating children to do what's convenient for us that slips into teaching so often and that is very likely not her intention as the author (laughs) no because it's a great book right right but that's what um my first reaction was um that that seems a little not quite tricky yeah. But just a little, it just had a little manipulative vibe to me, and that always gets me. Yeah. Um, a little bit. Um, Why but, do you care about keeping it orderly? Yeah, that, and so that's the other thing. Um, uh, why does it need to be orderly? So I, I, do kn- I can see that a couple things. Hold on, let me go backwards for a minute. Okay. Like, I am not a tidy person at all. And so maybe that influences, you know, maybe that's the lens I'm looking through this. Yeah. uh, Looking through this at, looking at this through. Um, But there are times when clutter stresses me out and I need to just stop and do a little cleanup. uh, And then I can relax a little bit more. So I'm not saying that there's no place for tidiness or orderliness or any of that stuff. And it could be that the clutter of the block area is affecting play or affecting the way children use it. Um, but I, 
you know, or, or preventing some children from using it. But I would need to be convinced by observation and notes and uh, that that was the reason we were worrying so much about orderliness. Yeah. Like, like I would need a case to be made to me. Yeah. These are the specific things I've seen that make me think we need to worry about orderliness in the block area at this moment. Yeah. Before and I would say, yeah, okay. I, from experience, I think it always goes the other way. Like, this block area is too orderly. It is preventing kids from playing because they don't want to have to clean it up. Uh-huh. How can we reduce order so that they are the ones organizing as they play? Uh-huh. Well, yeah, especially if they're being, like, interrupted to stop and tidy up a little bit. You know, yeah. it looks like you're not, you're done with these blocks. Let's put those away and then you can go back to your building or whatever it might be. Yeah. Um, then they're going to eventually just stop getting involved because they know it's going to be interrupted. Yeah. Uh, or they just receive that very strong message that uh, tidiness is valued more than my play is valued mm-hmm. here. Mm-hmm. So that's one level. No, I guess that's two levels. Yeah. Of BS that I found in this. Uh-huh. The other one is I've been in the art closets and the storage areas and the break room sinks. Well, I haven't been in the sink, but I've seen the break room sinks. <laughs> You've been proximal to the sink. And the floors of teachers' cars. They're not interested in tidiness. They're not interested in responsibility to the community because it's a mess in all those places. Yeah. No one's cleaning up after themselves. Yeah. But we get in an early childhood classroom and we freak the flip out <laughs> about uh-huh. cleanup time. Uh-huh. And that drives me bonkers. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, yeah, there's something, and I think this speaks to the, the Pinterest teacher and the like beautiful picture of the setup in a Reggio program yeah. teacher where yes. having a really beautifully organized block area is like, oh, look at how inviting this is. Look at how beautiful this corner looks. And it, it, that always, I am drawn to that beauty because personally, like, ooh, that's what I'd want my block corner in my own house to look like. <laughs> But then you have to say to yourself, where are the children in that? Uh-huh. I don't think the children are the ones organizing it. They're not right. the ones setting it up. And if that does happen, it happens once every year that somebody's like, I'm going to perfectly organize all these blocks. And it takes them like three days to get it just right. And that's mm-hmm. like a type of block play. But, you know, the, the children need to be an active part in that environment. And I think they get ignored a lot. Yes, I would agree with that. Yeah. Well, and let's talk a little bit about the process of involving children in organizing the block area. Yeah. Because that can be subject to interpretation too, I think. Yeah. Um, Does that mean that like you set it up so that they are an active participant during cleanup time? Like, hey, I've, I've made this possible for you to be an active helper and feel like you can contribute to this part of our day? I don't know. Did that make any sense? Not really very much. (laughs) I'm 
I'm thinking like involving the children, organizing. To me, like specifically to my program, that means all uh-huh. the blocks are dumped in giant milk crates, and you can carry them uh-huh. wherever. And then when it's time to clean up the room so that we can eat, anybody can just dump a bunch of blocks. Like it's it's easily accessible. The okay. Organizing. Quote unquote yeah. organizing, which I think is more disorganizing than organizing. Yeah. So I guess I was thinking of this more in terms of how it's set up before they start playing with it. Yeah. But it's, but you're looking at it differently, it sounds like. Like did is this is this a teacher who sits down with a group of three year olds and says, What can we do to keep our block area tidy? Is that how she's involving them in the organization of the block area? And is that... Valuable? Valuable. Um, I don't know. I could see it going both ways. If it's forced, like, oh, my lesson plan for today is we're going to learn how to organize the block area. My friends and I. Yeah. (laughs) Gather round, friends. Or is it a situation where... The teacher says, I've noticed that every day at nap time, the blocks fall on someone. How mm-hmm. can we set this up? Like, what are some ideas for us to put away the blocks better so that we can still play with them easily and nobody gets smacked in the face while they're sleeping? Right. That's so, like and, a legit and, conversation to have. Ex- exactly. <laughs> and I think that's, that's pretty valuable. And it's modeling problem solving and creative thinking and flexible thinking and all that kind of stuff and involving them in that process. So I think that would be a good way if you're comfortable with what they come up with. So what if they say, um, well, let's just throw it all in buckets and you're not comfortable with that. What are you going to do? No, that's not what I meant. Or, (laughs) or okay, let's give it a try. I mean, that's any teacher who invites that input needs to be ready for the answer. Yeah, definitely. But from, <laughs> back to this quote. Yeah. Is the goal investing in keeping it orderly? Mm-hmm. Like teaching them that taking care of their things means it has to look a certain way. It has to right. be quote unquote orderly. What does that even mean? God, it's such right. a meta rule. Orderly. That's yeah. a. Yeah. Um, well, so I, I do think that's what, I mean, that's my perception of this as I was reading it. Yeah. Was that, oh. that's what it was talking about. So, um, you know, the other way I see this going, though, is a teacher putting the contact paper block shapes on the shelf. Has that ever worked for anyone ever <laughs> in the history then, of blocks? And then letting children put them on the shapes or here are the baskets for the blocks, put them in here and carry them to the shelf and feeling like they'd really involved the children in that process because they gave them tasks to do or they assigned them something, some piece of it. Yeah, yeah. But not really saying, look, here's the problem we've got. What ideas do you have? Yeah. Um, But I don't think that's about being orderly. That's about solving a problem you've identified in the classroom. Yeah. Uh, Blocks and Legos are like the same, only different. In my mind. (laughs) Oh, okay. So... Hear me out on this one. Would okay. you as a teacher ever label the Lego bins of like, here's the, this is where you put all the four by fours and this is where you put the one by fours and this is where you put the two by sixes. 
would you ever do that and say, like, this is what it means to have an organized Lego area? Or would you say, God, that's a waste of my time? Mm, that would depend um, <laughs> on the age of the children. Uh-huh. Like, maybe with some five-year-olds, I might do that. But you, though? probably Thank not. You. I mean, I might. I said might. I said okay. might. I'm thinking. Okay. okay. Um, or if there was a child who was really, like, that was his thing, then I would set that up to let him do his thing. That yeah. That's probably the only situation where I'd do that, or even by color or whatever. Yeah. Um, but that's less about investing and keeping them orderly and yeah. more about, like, interacting with a child on something that they're interested in. Right, right. And taking something I observed from that child and making a change to the environment based on that observation. Yeah, exactly. Right. Not about orderly. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, how would you feel? So, <laughs> I'm going to stick to this Lego thing. That's fine. Because they, like... Blocks, for whatever reason, have this, for grown-ups, grown-ups specifically, just the need to group and sort the blocks. <laughs> for some reason, you need to sort them. Uh-huh. And I never, I mean, I used to do it, but now I don't understand it at all because when you're building with blocks, like, you're sitting down, you're not saying to yourself, oh, I really need a specifically this shape to build this specific thing uh -huh. i'm gonna go find it on the shelf and get it when you're building with blocks you're like hey which ones can i reach from where i'm sitting how can i incorporate that right maybe you have you have this bigger plan of like oh i'm gonna make a bridge with these big ones and then you like go and hunt and gather but in that circumstance hunting and gathering is equally valuable right going to find the piece you need yeah well maybe maybe that's an example of Hey, let's bring Emily Plank's book into this. Yeah. Let's talk Ooh. about the culture of childhood. Yeah. Um, maybe that's an example of we're looking at block play through our own cultural lens. And as adults, we would probably start block play with an idea for what we wanted to build. And we would look for very specific pieces. Yep. And so it doesn't make sense to us that the children would see it through a different lens than that. Yeah. Yeah. Hard. Ding, 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 ding. Hard to, hard to switch those lenses. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I feel like I feel like I need to apologize, Lisa Griff uh, Murphy, if you're listening. We brought okay. Emily into the conversation before we brought you into the conversation. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, she probably doesn't care. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, uh, what else? What, so, what's the positive parts of it, though? You said you you kind of... Uh, yeah, this... I didn't have the same visceral reaction that I think you did. <laughs> in that, I think this idea that involving, like, so the quote says, involving the children in organizing the block area, the ownership part of it, if it's not... Like, I'm not playing with the blocks every day. You're playing with the blocks every day. What do you need to keep it functioning in a way that is beneficial to you? Mm -hmm. And, you know, that, that to me is like, if you're having a problem organizing your block area, involving the children seems like a great way to solve that problem. 
Mm-hmm. In fact, probably the only way to solve that problem. <laughs> right. Uh, so that to me is the positive part of this. Don't look on Pinterest for ways to organize your block area. Just sit down and ask the people right. who actually use it. Right. I was trying to think of um, what Dan Hodgins says about cleaning up, and I can't remember. It's something like the person who cleans up, should, the, the one who should be cleaning up is the one it bothers. Yeah. Like, um, if it bothers you, then just clean it up, which makes perfect sense to me and is sort of how I live my life. <laughs> uh-huh. I, I try not to worry about whether other people are cleaning it up. If it bothers me, I, I, I do it. But because I feel like that's healthier for me than sitting around being mad that someone else isn't doing it, isn't yeah. doing it. But that's such a hard sell when I'm talking to teachers who are, and maybe this is going to go from block play to cleanup time now, but uh-huh. teachers who are frustrated because they can't get kids to clean up or they can't get, get kids to help with that process. Yeah. It, why, I, why do you care? <laughs> it's always what, like, just like you said, if it's, if you're the one who was bothered by it, but at the same time, there is to me, I don't know. There's a, a way to approach cleanup time that isn't necessarily all bad. Somehow cleanup mm-hmm. time has gotten this bad rep um, in our play-based sphere as like, don't yeah. ever make the children clean up. But Oh, well, know. that's not what I'm saying either. Okay, I'm just saying don't, don't have a fit right. and get mad and take right. away outside time and yeah. Um, yeah, man. come to a workshop asking how to get kids to clean up. Yeah. Just don't, don't do that stuff with me. Right. <laughs> You can tell, I, uh, I can tell immediately when kids are bored with cleanup. Mm-hmm. And that's when I call everybody to, you know, okay, we're done cleaning up. We're going to do the next thing. Hey, I've noticed there's still dress up out. Does anybody want to help out our classroom and finish that <laughs> job? And suddenly, like, nobody's in line to go outside anymore. They're like, I want to help. I want to do it. Yeah. Yeah. You just have to, like, you know, ask if they want to do it. Right. And, and not don't even realize just, like, oh, sure. Yeah. That's what you want us to do. All right. <laughs> okay. Somebody want to yeah. organize the blocks? Yeah. Yeah. I mean. And if they say no, then like you can't care. That I get that. You said that earlier. You can't ask right. them if you aren't happy with both answers. Right. And that's also very hard for us as grownups yeah. to, to accept that. Um, yeah. I don't know. I just, when I hear. Because usually the reason when I say, like, why do they need to clean up? Uh-huh. If the answer is the blocks get in the way of cots at nap time. Okay. Well, then, yeah, we do need to clean up the blocks. Or, um, well, they haven't been playing in that area at all because it's such a mess. Okay. Well, yeah, then we need to clean it up. But if it's, well, they need to learn to be responsible member of a community. Or they need yeah, to no. learn no, to clean up after all. themselves. Then I just want to scream, then why is there a note in the kitchen that says, I'm not your mom, wash your own mugs? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if we're all so concerned about being members of a community that cleans up for each other. <laughs> yeah. Oh, gosh. Tomato. No. Tomato to is Tiffany's dog. <laughs> hey, dog. You're causing trouble. How do you feel about cleanup time? My dog loves to clean up at cleanup time. 
Oh, yeah? Oh, not really. Like, oh. She walks food. through every pile of everything. <laughs> yeah, she is good at cleaning up food, though. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> so, so I want to go back and hear more about your buckets of blocks. Okay. Like, really, literally, you just have... Milk crates. Buckets full of blocks. Oh, milk crates full of blocks, and they take them all over the room and use them all over? Yeah. Well, mm, they haven't really figured out that they can just take a whole crate. That's such a higher level of thinking. Uh-huh. I thought that they, like, just carry it wherever you want to go with it. So I've started moving them around the room. Yeah. And they build very differently in different places of the room. And, but they never think like, oh, I'm going to walk over and get another <laughs> blocks. We're out of blocks. Can't build anymore. <laughs> That's interesting that they build differently in different areas. Yeah. Uh, I kind of want to experiment with that now. That's Set that great. up a little bit. It's pretty great. How dare you let them have blocks in areas that are not the block area? I'm crazy. How What's a block area? Important <laughs> sorting skills. Oh, that's uh, the sorting skills argument. Sorting, I mean, cleanup is an excellent time to learn math skills. Right. But you know what? You can also do that the other way. And I've, I've tried to do that more and more where you flip it so that they have to do the sorting to do the play. What do you mean? So, like, every, instead of having all of our loose parts beautifully separated out into jars by type, and then at cleanup time it takes us for freaking ever to turn everything <laughs> into the jar, dump it oh. all in a bin, give them a jar, and then suddenly they are the ones right. initiating and finding and sorting. And it's still sorting. It's still happening. And then mm, cleanup is easier ever for everyone of it involved. that way, yeah. Because, like, as a grown-up, you don't want to bend over and get it all, so you can just sweep it all up into your dustpan and dump it back in. <laughs> That's a good idea. But flipping that good, sorting so that yeah. yeah, they're doing the organizing in their play. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Makes life easier. And that's what we should be trying for. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I am. It, it is, and I absolutely have done a lot of these things that I'm talking about being oh, frustrating yeah. for me, me now. I mean, I know we say that a lot, but it's 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 true. But um, I'm a, I'm always so surprised at how hard we hold on to old ways of doing things that make it harder for us instead of at least trying a suggestion that might make it a little easier. So even yeah. in this situation, it's only hard for us mentally or whatever because we get frustrated at cleanup time. Or so, so let them all throw it into the same box and sort it at the beginning instead. Yeah. Easier. Plus, who knows what kinds of other ways they can think to use those materials if they're all mixed up together instead of in separate containers. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Because like then it's almost kind of like a provocation. Uh-huh. If you throw them all in together. Uh-huh. And you can mm. mix up what's in there. Yep. Yep. And, oh man, I'm such an advocate for this. You, like, <laughs> eventually all that stuff gets thrown away, crusted in with the Play-Doh. Just, like, keep <laughs> somebody donate something weird. Just dump it in the bin. You don't have to deal with where you're going to put some new thing you found. Just dump it in the bin, man. 
<laughs> Someone donates something weird, just dump it in the bin. <laughs> that's I don't like, think I'll ever time that happened to me. <laughs> that's like a song title from the early childhood country classics CD. <laughs> I get to be Dolly Parton on that track, okay? Okay. <laughs> That's fine. Uh, um, I was trying to think who I want to be. I don't know. I'll get back to you. Okay. Because okay. I know everyone will be really waiting for that. Loretta Lynn. Uh, I do love Loretta Lynn. Yeah. Loretta Lynn. Yeah, she's good. Um, We've gone uh, off the block track. We sure have. So, <laughs> what else do you have? Anything? Uh, is I promised myself I wouldn't be the devil's advocate here, but I'm gonna right. anyway. That's is, why the people tune in. Is there value in teaching children to keep space orderly and cared for? We were hmm. totally dumping on that in the beginning. Is right. That well, my in respecting a space. <laughs> yes. Can we oh, call absolutely. Marie Kondo on this one? Life-changing well... magic of tidying up. I think so. <laughs> I mean, I mean, I do think there's something to be said for um, when when we model treating things. I hate the word respect, but respectfully, mm-hmm. properly. I don't like that word much better either. But <clears throat> you know what? You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, because, I mean, and, and if all your stuff's getting broken and ripped and destroyed and lost all the time, then you don't have stuff anymore. Right. So there's that. I would argue that you you bought the wrong stuff in the first place if that happens right <laughs> away. <laughs> yeah, that's probably true. Yeah. Stop um, buying Dollar Tree cups. They break. <laughs> yes. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. <laughs> but we're saving money. Um, so I think there's that. I I guess it comes down to what so much comes down to for me and it's all in the delivery and all in how the teachers are handling the process and presenting the process. And are you really authentically doing this because you want to teach them to take care of the stuff we have in our rooms so that maybe someday they'll go out and take care of the earth or whatever? Or are we, are we just saying that because we know that'll end the argument, but really it's just because this mess bothers you bothers me and I think it's the child's responsibility to clean up and I disagree with you when you say I should clean it up because it's my my bother so that's where I get twisted around on that but yeah I'm certainly not advocating for chaos and destruction (laughs) (laughs) and unsafe conditions (laughs) is is the teaching of keeping a space orderly whatever that means and respected Mm -hmm. like when is that a developmentally appropriate topic to broach because i don't think a three-year-old would care either way Mm -hmm. maybe a five-year-old yeah well i think taking care of a space for the space's value don't you think it's sort of like don't you think it's sort of like manners Ah. We just we just use them all the time, and they're absorbed by the people in the environment with us, and the con- the context is authentic, and yeah, yeah. Instead of handing what did what's the magic word? What's the magic word? Yeah. That's not teaching them anything about 
social skills yeah. and interacting with each other other than there's something you obviously want me to do that I don't quite get yet. <laughs> yeah. Teaching them a different social interaction. <laughs> but I think, so, so there's the value to us cleaning up. Um, we're in there, we're doing it, we're showing that we're part of the community we, we say we value. Um, we're doing what's good for the community, not getting hung up about who else is doing it alongside us. Yeah. And you know, somebody will join you in that eventually. Some yeah. kid that you have a have good relationship you? with is yeah. going to jump in. Or Have you ever tried to wash mats in front of kids? <laughs> Suddenly everybody wants to help. Right. But then we don't want their help there because that's a teacher job and it slows us down if they're helping. That's what I've seen. Not with everybody, of course. Right, right. Not I'm talking just... about you, Susan. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know who Susan is. <laughs> oh, the mats. Have you ever had every single kid with a rag and then you spray them and you don't have to bend down and do it and they do it yeah. all and they're very proud of it? Yeah. It's awesome. And then you have to wash a lot of rags. But, oh, well. Yeah. But I mean, I, I think that's, there's the argument in favor of teachers doing it if they need an argument other than you're the one that's bothered by it so you clean it up. The argument is, well, model. Yeah. <laughs> Children learn by example and by imitating at this age a lot. Yeah. And uh, so I guess give them something to imitate. Yeah. And don't get worked yeah. up if they don't. Yeah. yeah. You know what else helps with cleaning up a lot? Being super pregnant. <laughs> Can you, I can't bend over and get that. Can you get that for me? <laughs> and we learn empathy and we learn about where babies come from. <laughs> Excellent. I'm not going to try that method. Just pretend. If that's okay with you. I'll put a ball in my shirt. Yeah. And have some fun with the rumors that start. <laughs> Tell me how that goes. Tell me if that if that involves the children so they feel invested in keeping their space orderly. <laughs> yeah. Then I could do like a fake fall down. Yeah. Trip over its boy. Yep. I almost did a real fall down onto a kid. That'd be the other terrible. Day. Oh no. She secret log rolled behind me and I was like trying to <laughs> trying to talk to her. And like mm-hmm. she had been sitting to the like far right of me and then I was like trying to back up and talk to her and I kept backing up because I was like she must have been way more for- further forward than I imagined but she had been log rolling and then I uh-huh. tripped over her and almost squished her oh my goodness but I landed in a chair instead well that's good thank goodness for chairs <laughs> okay uh, I think I'm maybe out of stuff on this one I think so too it was a good discussion Other, yeah I think so but I, I so I guess let it. what, what are to, our final points what are our final thoughts? So I would say, please be authentic when you're talking about involving children in processes. Give them real input. Be mm-hmm. ready to accept their input mm-hmm. and try it out. And if it doesn't work, then you say, that didn't really work. What now? Yeah. And that's, that's one of those life skills we love to talk about. <laughs> yeah. It's processing in that way. And also think about clean up and why how it affects you and 
why you respond to messes the way you do, if that's something that really bothers you. Yeah. Sit with it for a while. And I would say, why don't you just like win the lottery and get a large enough space so that you can just leave all the block things out all the time? <laughs> that's Tiffany's real to world advice. <laughs> Practical. <laughs> all right. Anything else? Do you have more? Are you done? I'm I'm done. Okay. Put well a then, fork in me. Another episode of Cause and Effect is over. Thanks for listening. And hopefully you'll come back and listen again after this one. This has been an Explorations Early Learning Upstairs Studio production. Oh.